And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Acts 13.22. Paul is speaking and he's saying, And when he had moved him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, who shall fulfill all my will. If I could put a topic to my sermon this morning, it's called Flaws, but a man after God's heart. Or you could say, ladies, flaws, but a woman after God's heart. Amen. This particular verse of scripture was part of a sermon Paul delivered to the Gentiles in the synagogue of Antioch. He was recounting what happened in Israel's history. The Bible say David, a man after God's own heart, twice. The first time he said that was in 1 Samuel 13, 14. And he said, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. So the second time was by the Apostle Paul, who recounted, as I say, as Israel's history. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. There is a secret about David, which many people are trying to understand. I've heard a lot of people say that David, he was a murderer and he was a fornicator. And yet still, God said, he is a man after my own heart. Now, now, now let's go back to unfold the topic of the sermon, which I introduced initially. A man with flaws. A man with flaws. But yet still, God said, this man is a man after my own heart. And in doing so, we are going to investigate the reason why David was called a man after God's own heart. In our text today in Acts 13, 22, it says, and he removed him. The phrase removed in the text means, and when it means to replace something. In other words, that thing was over here and it was just dropped down. So the verse described the unjust steward who was removed from management. It's the same thing in Luke 16, 4. Paul is saying, and when God removed King Saul, let me say this before I continue. Being chosen does not mean you have arrived. Because Saul was chosen, but he was rejected. One must be careful to be faithful in carrying out the task for which we were chosen to do. So if you assign a particular position, it behooves you and me to be faithful to what God has called you to be. So he was chosen. Saul was chosen, but yet still, because of his disobedience, and because he was not faithful, he was rejected. 
so, so what God did, he removed Saul and he raised up David to be king. And you remember that Saul was the, very, the first king of Israel, right? So God testified about David. Can you believe that the Lord Jesus testified about David and he said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Not that David, God found David, a man his father did not even consider to be a leader. Now, 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 you all remembered when the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house to find the next king. What happened? David was in, was doing his work, right? David's father, Jesse, he brought all his sons up, right? They were cute. They were handsome. I mean, whew. Samuel looked at the oldest son, the oldest brother of David, Samuel thought, surely the Lord's anointing is before us. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height. Or you could imagine, maybe, ladies, you already know. Maybe he was just this tall. And you all can imagine he had that cute face, right? Because that's what we look at most of the time. We look at the outward appearance of people and we judge them. But the Lord said, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So why others are judging you? Why others are criticizing you? God looks at your heart if you only remain faithful. So Samuel asked Jesse, if he had another son, and Jesse must, I could just imagine that Jesse must be looking, another son? He said, yes, but he's attending to the sheep. Well, he said, well, well go get him. And I'm reminded that the stone that the builders rejected will become the head. And what, you all know the rest of the story. He anointed him in front of all his brothers. Jesse was maybe, not Jesse, David was just perhaps a teenage boy. You see, long before David was a king, he was pronounced a king. He was anointed. He was faithful. He must have been attending to the sheep. And while he was attending to the sheep, praying and singing, because you know, David loved playing music. So you could imagine the melody that he played to the Lord. You may be wondering, does being, does being a person after God's own heart mean perfection? Certainly not. Certainly not. Nobody is perfect except God. And I mean, nobody is perfect except God. If we just take a look at David's life, we can see that he had made eight major mistakes. He had a rap shit. You all know what a rap shit is. Don't look at me that it doesn't mean jail now. Some of us have wrapped sheets, we just have not been got caught. So David deceived the Amalekites. David lied to the priest in Nob when he fled from Saul. 
You remember Saul. David went and played for Saul and was playing and Saul get jealous. And he was attempted to hurt David. And David had to run. So he flee from Saul claiming he was on a secret mission from a king. He flee to Gath to escape Saul's wrath. David flee to Gath and the hometown of Goliath. And what he did, you already know David's story. He defeated Goliath. And what he did when he entered, he came with the same sword. And they were seeking to kill him. And what he did? He pretended that he was crazy. Now, if you don't believe me, we can jump right to 1 Samuel 21, 10 to 15. Write that down. He pretended that he was insane. He had no business going over there. He already know he slew Goliath. And yet still, the same sword, he came coming back to the same place where he knew that he was an outcast. And you know his record, I mean, he was an adulterer. I mean, that's, that's his rap sheet, right? He was most, he was most famous for failing. You know the scandal. You know, there's, you know there's a scandal. They call it scandal. Well, back in our days, he would be top. He had an affair with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband. So, and then he was fighting for the Philistines when he should not have done it. For 16 months, David was in Israel's army. And during that time, if you recall history, I don't have time to go all into that. But David did not write not one of the Psalms during that time. He was a bad father. Did I say bad? He failed to discipline his own son, which led to the rape. You remembered the brother raped the sister incest in the relationship. Yet still he never corrected his children. He also handled the Ark of the Covenant very carelessly. He was supposed to put it in a, car, in a cart. And what did he do? He put it on the priest's shoulder. 2 Samuel 6, 1 to 10. And then in his later days, what did he do? What did David do? He started counting the people. The number of people in his army. And what did God do? He sent a plague and slew 70,000 men of David. That's taken 2 Samuel 24, 1 to 25. I cannot just go on to all the scriptures. It's, everything is a topic in there. But why I said all that to say all of us have a rap shit. Amen. Some of us are was, was thieves. Did I, did I say thieves? Some of us were thieves. Some of us have anger issues. Some of us have a, to check our hearts. That's part of the rap shit. Okay? Some of us have to think of the way we see our brothers and sisters. That's a rap shit. It's not just jail only. Some of us have tented centrums. Hello. You see, my slate is not always clean. But you see, when I come to God, I come faithfully and honestly, and I tell him everything about Cheryl. Yet still in Ephesians 1, see, God says we are accepted in the beloved. Can you believe that? With all my faults, he said that I am accepted in the beloved. So obviously, 
Being a person after God's own heart doesn't mean perfection. Or David would have been disqualified. I would have been disqualified. In fact, when he's wrapped shit, he could have been dethroned, right? He could be banished from Israel. Why? Because of the uh, adultery and murder he committed. He could have been killed. Separation from God. Instead, what happened? What did God did? He was forgiven. He was restored. He was allowed to stay in power. Given an everlasting covenant. Including the linkage of Jesus. Do you believe that David had a linkage to Jesus? Ooh. And he was promised to reign again with the prince in heaven when, the, when he comes back. So how do we explain mercy and grace? Mercy is when God does not give us what we deserve. Grace is when God gives us what we do not deserve. And why can't we do it to others? My God, I do not even deserve God's goodness. You see, but we look at the outward. We, we judge ourselves so harshly, you know, of what others know about us. Rather than what God says about us. We do not even deserve it. But here's what David himself said in 1 Chronicles 24, 1 Chronicles 28, I'm sorry, 28, 4. How bid the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over all Israel. So God not only loved David, he liked David. There's a difference now. See, God loved all of us. See, I, I, I can love you, but I don't have to like you. See, but, but, but God loved him and he liked him. That's a deal. Oh, my, my, my. Ooh. So what David was saying is that it was not his ambition. It was not because he destroyed Goliath. My valor or my merits. It's, it, it's not because I have a, a master's degree or a PhD or whatever. What, 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 whatever. It's not because of that. But it was all because of the grace of God. It was God himself that chose David. David didn't choose himself. But God chose David to be the second king of Israel. Isn't that a wonderful God? That in all his flaws. That he chose a man that we consider not worthy. Some of us would have kicked him out, spit on him, gossip about him, turn our backs on him. But God said, not so. My, my, my. Woo. You see, and the same thing with us too. When others have count us out, when they think that we have nothing inside of us, you see, you have to prove them wrong. Continue being faithful. Continue walking the walk. Because God see your heart. So in our text, 
in Acts 13.22, when the Bible says, he raised up unto David to be the king. Raised up means David did not appear overnight. We always like to go to the microwave. You know, the box says, put it in the oven. That's what they say, put it in the oven. I, I, and, I, and I had my encounter this week. Pastor said to put, Pastor bought some burgers to put on the grill. And I put it in the microwave. It ain't gonna work. I did it for Emmanuel. And he just said, Mommy, that's, it doesn't even smell good. And I called my husband. I said, I, I put it in the microwave. I was hoping that it would be okay. He said, Uh uh, baby, that's for the grill. I said, I know, but. It's not the same. So raised up means David did not appear, did not appear overnight. He studied as a shepherd boy, very humble. He would go, he would attend to the sheep, even when his brothers didn't even care. And he showed his faithfulness by passing every test he encountered. He was a servant and served the king Saul faithfully. I mean faithfully. Even when Saul was attempting to murder David and he had the opportunity to kill him. You remember that? You know, he saw him in the cave and his men said that he was going to kill him. What did David say? David said, don't kill my Lord. Man, I would have killed that joker. But David said, not so. Don't kill my Lord. Even when David, even when Saul died. Do you remember that he pierced himself? Saul committed suicide and then I think one of the soldiers were passing by and he asked him to finish do, to do the rest and then the servant uh, killed him and then he took the crown to uh, David and David said well he told David the story and David said well who, who, who killed my Lord? He said yes but he was dead. He, he killed the guy. He cut him up. Can you believe it? A man that was ready to kill David, in return, devil show kindness and humility and respect. My God. That's what you call respect for a leader. Because David could have easily killed him and take that crown. Psalms 75, 6-7 says, From promotion comes, neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and sitteth up another. What the Lord is saying here is that there are doors that's going to be open for you. See, and it doesn't matter who is going to try to open it, nobody can open it. See, when God opened that door, no man can close it. And when he closes that door, no man can open it. And I mean no man. To understand why David was a man after God's own heart, we need to see the the characteristics. He had to qualify for such an exalted description. See, David had character. So in our text, in Acts 13, 22, the apostle speaks of God's feelings about King David. After removing Saul, he made David the king, and he testified. Oh, my God. He testified concerning him. He said, I have Jesus himself is testifying about David. Can you believe that? 
He testified about that joker, the fornicator, the murderer. He said, I have found this David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And so the reason why David was considered a man after God's own heart is found right in this verse. He did everything God wanted him to do. Everything. So how God still called David a man after his own heart? When he consider, he's considered to do such terrible sins. And I mean that his rap sheet, I mean he had more on his rap sheet. I mean, I mean his rap sheet was tough. I mean my rap sheet is tough too. I mean don't look at me, all of us have a rap sheet. So you know when you're putting your nose up to someone, just think about your rap shit. And see if you smell so good. So we learn much of David's character in the book of Psalms as he opened up his life. You see, David was very transparent. Elder Brenda always says she's an open book. Well, David was an open book. I mean, this joker tell everything. I mean, I would be hiding. He tells everything. David's life was a portrait of success and failure. And the Bible highlights the fact that David was far from perfect. Now, if you've seen Cheryl, I'm telling you, I'm talking about myself. <sighs> Apostle always say to always talk about yourself and dead people. So I can just talk about Cheryl. I am far from being perfect. Okay? Just because I have doctor, just because I have uh, whatever you call me, I'm still imperfect. And the only one is the only reason why I'm standing here is because of the grace of God. But what made David a cut above the rest was that his heart was pointed towards God. He had a deep desire to follow God's will and do everything. God wanted him to do. He was surely a man after God's own heart. See, we, 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 I think when you look at David, the first thing, if you tell somebody, what about David? David and, you know, he slew Goliath and, you know, the adultery and the fornication. But they, they failed to see the goodness of this man. Flaws and all, God loved him. Now, let's look at some of the characteristics of David's life to discover what it entails. Number one, I'm not going to be long. I'm going to be very short. I'm not going to be like pastor with two hours, three hours, four hours, six hours. I'm going to be short. Number one, David loved the word of God. He loved it. He said in Psalms 119, 97, Oh, how love I love thy Lord. The law. It is my meditation all day. My God. In this Psalm, it was written by David. But, but you know what is a demonstration of David's love towards him is in Psalms 119, 47 to 48. Psalms 119, 47 to 48. It says, and in the King James Version, 
It says, I will delight myself in thy commandment, which I have loved. My hands also I will lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. I will meditate in thy statutes. Also, look at what David said. He's meditating on God's statutes. God granted David understanding and wisdom through daily meditation. You see, when we read God's word, he's going to open up our eyes. He's going to give us a spirit of revelation and understanding and knowledge so we can comprehend how to do certain things. And we could do well to not only read God's word, but to think about God's word all day. And God loved us to think about him. He said in Psalms 119, you see, most of the Psalms is written by David. See, we say things and we don't understand the meaning of it. See, David wasn't just writing the Psalms. You see, he had an experience while writing the Psalms. So in Psalms 119, 2 to 3, he says, Blessed are they that keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. So David is saying that love for God's word is due to the fact mm, that he hide it in his heart that he might not sin against him. See, David said, you see, if I hide God's word in my heart, I might not do the things that I am weak at. You see, I might not curse because, you see, back in the days, I used to curse. See, sometimes, you see, when I hide God's heart in my it revives, he said, I love God's word because it revives me in affliction. In my problem, in my sickness. You see, Psalms 119 50 says, There is nothing more comforting than the comfort that the Holy Spirit brings when we are meditating in God's Word. See, it doesn't matter what issues that come your way, when you meditate on God's Word, it's gonna be medicine to your entire body. So I say, Thank you, God. Nothing more comforting than God's word. And David said in Psalms 119, 165, he says the reason why I love to read God's word, it gives me a great peace of mind. It gives me shalom with all the troubles and trials that this world have to offer. It gives me a peace of mind. He said, great peace have they which love the Lord, and nothing shall offend me. Nothing. You see, our peace is directly proportionate to our love for God's word. You see, you love God's word, he's going to give you peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, thou will keep me, Cheryl, in perfect peace. If my mind is stayed on him, why? Because I will trust God in spite of what I see. I will trust God in spite of my situation. I will trust God. So God's word is essential in keeping our mind stayed on him. And therefore, if we keep God's word, we're going to have peace. 
You see, peace isn't the result of prayer, but of meditation on the things of God. You see, if you meditate on God's word, it eventually just grasps everything. It just goes in the joints and marrows and it just cuts through everything. Notice that the verse said, nothing shall offend those who love God. Amen. Jesus loved the word of God. You know, he loved it. You see, he, it is evident by his frequent quotation he makes in Matthew. Everything he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. When he was tempted, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. I wish most of the times I can remember, I could remember when I go through issues, I just have to tell them, it is written. It is written. How is our love for the word of God? How is it? Do we hide it in our hearts? Or do we find it to be a source of comfort in the time of affliction? Does it give us peace of mind? If not, we should take heed to the instructions of David in Psalms 1, verses 1 to 3. Psalms 1, 1 to 3, he said, Bless is the man that walketh not to the counsel of the ungodly. You see, David, see, David knew something like that. You see, uh, some of you do not understand what David is saying. See, we can sleep and pretend that we are sleeping, but you see, when the robber hits the road and we are going through our emotions, all we can cry out is God. So David said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates, and, and because of that, you shall be a tree, what? Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth what? Fruits in his season. His leaves shall not wither, but whatsoever you do shall prosper. Why? Because you meditate on God's word. So learn to delight in the word and learn to meditate upon it daily and, and you will truly be blessed. Number two, David had a hunger for God. He sought after God. He had a passion for spiritual things. And he tried to please God despite his failures. He, his action proved he was a God chaser. You see, I'm a God chaser. You know that song? God chaser. God chaser. Da, 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 da. God chaser. How many of you can say that you are a God chaser, chasing the things of God? You see, when you're chasing after the things of God, you get very hungry. You get, you get desperate. You see, David had to say that. He said in Psalms 42, 1, he said, As the heart panteth after the water, so my soul, my God, panteth after thee. You see that when you're panting for something and you're longing for something, it's like a desperation. And it's like everything you do, you want that thing. And so that's how David was feeling. David was saying, you know what? I want more of God. I have messed up. My God, I am not the man. I was humiliated. I humiliated my friends. And David said, you know, Lord, all I can depend is to depend on you, Lord. I cannot depend on nobody else but you. People look down on me. 
They criticize me, Lord. But you, Lord, I want. That's a spirit of desperation. See, when you are desperate, all you want to do is just lay on that altar. When you're desperate, you just want to go before the throne. You want to create your own altar at your house. But also, when you come to church, you want to know 6 o'clock is prayer, I'm there. Why? Because I'm just desperate. I need something where nobody can satisfy me but God. So I'm just desperate for him and him only. You see, alcohol cannot satisfy me. Sex cannot satisfy me. Nothing can satisfy me but God. I'm just desperate to be in his presence. See, if we have to look back over our lives and we have to think of the things in the flesh that we were desperate for, we were desperate for alcohol. We were desperate for marijuana. And in the Caribbean, they say ganja. So if you're listening, ganja. If you're desperate for Molly, if you're desperate for anything, it only lasts this much. Sex, this much. But I'm telling you what really gets us is when we go into the presence of the Most High. And you see, we have an example right before us. It's only when David went in his presence and he sought God, he understood that the only one that he got fulfilled is with God. Thank you, Lord. Can somebody say thank you? With all my flaws, thank you. With all my problems, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Number three, David was a pioneer in worship. My, 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 my. My God. See, sometimes I get very crazy in worship. And I used to think that when I look over my shoulders, somebody's going to look at me and say, I cannot sing. You all know I have an accent. I used to get caught up in my accent. What people going to say about my dialect? I have learned to appreciate that that's how God made me. And because of how he made me, I'm going to open up my mouth and give him praise. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You see, you have to speak to yourselves. The Bible said to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns. And so even when no one cares, who cares? But you are having that relationship with God. So the Bible said that David was a pioneer in worship. Psalms 119 and 164 said, seven times a day, I praise you. Seven times a day. So I, what it says, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. David, understand what grace and mercy is? Because of his, oh my God. God, I will praise you, God. I am not good in my own flesh, but God, I'm going to praise you. God, even when I'm being poked on myself, but God, I praise you. So he praised God because of his greatness and his loving kindness. You see, in the book of Psalms, David always gives God thanks and praise. He, he was so grateful. How many of us are so grateful to be alive? I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful. But not just being alive, but thank you, God, for forgiving my sins. Oh my, the past, the present, and the future, God. Thank you, God. 
a woman with flaws, but a woman after God's own heart. Can you say that? I have flaws, but thank you, God, for your grace and mercy. My God. So he was determined to sing praises as long as he lived. And you all remember, I don't have it on my notes, but you all remembered. While David was praising God, I think his clothes just came up and his wife was looking down on him, but he's showing something. Who cares? I don't think her name was ever mentioned after that. I need to read it again. But was her name ever mentioned after that? Her name was never mentioned after that. I can't remember his, the, his wife's name. Michael. But, but, but after that, her name was never mentioned. The man was praising God. Who cares if my hair look like that? Who cares if I sweat when I praise God? Who cares? I'm not praising God for you. I'm praising God because of what he has done for me. My flaws. See, David said, my sin is ever before me. So he knew the most important thing in life was to always be in God's presence. He knew it would never lead him astray. See, when you meditate on God's word, when you are a praiser, when you are a pioneer in worship, you see, you understand the essence. You see, that's, that's right there, the ingredients to keeping you. Yes. Number three, David had a repentant heart and he was very humble. You, already, you remember the story with he sinned with Bathsheba and it is recorded in 1 Samuel 11, 2-5. He fell really hard. And, and one could only think of the time when we have been, you know, we have fallen. And how humiliated it felt and how shameful it felt. When people picked on us and, you know, you're walking and people know your history and they know your record and you're trying to please God. See, I remember my days. So, he sinned against God. He took somebody else's wife. And murdered the husband. And that is recorded in 2 Samuel 12, 13. And the prophet Nathan confronted him. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also have put away your sin. You shall not die. See, that's the difference between he and Saul. See, God told Saul to go to the Amalekites and fight them. And he said, do not bring any of the spoils. You remember that? He said, kill the children, kill everybody. And what did Saul do? He brought some of the spoils and he brought the king. The king. And when the prophet confronted him, what did he say? He lied. He blamed it on, his, on the other people. See, but that, unlike David, that's why God rejected him. You see, he was given instructions. I'm talking about Saul. But David right here, he said, he said okay, I'm busted. <laughs> I'm busted. I have sinned. And so David wrote Psalms 51, which everybody just gravitated to. See, but they did not understand the pain and the ache. 
that he caused God and what he felt. He said, have mercy. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy love, love and kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercy. Blot out all my transgression. Now, now, this man was crying out to God. He was so sorry for what he had done to hurt God. And, and the tone of these this psalms is so different. Oh God, thank you God for your mercy. See, while I was preparing this, I was just thinking of my own life. And I was just thinking that I'm not perfect, Sharon. And I, I'm always, I'm a crybaby before God, and I'm not scared. I used to be scared wiping my tears when I prayed. I no longer do that. I'm just so thankful to God for me, for the things that I have done, the hurt that I have caused. And I say, thank you, God. It's okay to pray this prayer, but when we come to the Lord for the, our initial, that's when we do that, right? But once we are saved... This is not the New Testament prayer no more. God forgives the New Testament believers for all their sins, the past, present, and future sin. We do not have to plead for God to forgive us what he has already done. So once you have done the initial and say, Lord, forgive me. God has already forgiven you. There's no need to feel guilty. I'll come back on this one. Number four. He positioned the ark in Jerusalem. David did that and by doing so, he made the Jerusalem the capital, the headquarters on earth. He loved God's presence so much, he wanted to be close as possible to God. Number five, I'm almost done. He provided a new tabernacle to the house to house, to house the ark. And this replaced Moses' tabernacle. Remember, they used to worship false gods and all that stuff. But David made that ark only God. You can only come here and no more rituals and no more worshiping whatever they used to worship. In 2 Samuel 16, sorry, 2 Samuel 6, 16 to 17. 2 Samuel 6, 16 to 17, you can read it. When you go home, 2 Samuel 6, 16 to 17. See, that's when David was dancing and all that stuff. And, you know, you know what happened then? We talked about it just a little bit. He was bringing that ark and he was so excited. So David had substance and character. I'm not sure if David had any swag. I'm not sure about that. But they did say that he had character and substance. And that's what we need. Character and substance. Who cares about your clothes? Who cares about how you walk? I just care about your heart and that's what God cares about. Amen. The reason why some of us cannot move forward like David is because we focus on our butt too much. Not this, our past. We focus on that too much so we cannot move forward. We focus on the outward things, the things that we have done. I lived in a bad neighborhood, I smoked crack, I was on drugs, I was a prostitute, I do this, I do that. That was a back then. 
I did it last week. Well, did you hear the word last? That's a pass, right? I did it two seconds, seconds. That's a past tense. Why do we so focus on what we have done in the past? It's all in the past. Since we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you understand what that means? That means God dwells in us. See, that's right here is just a flesh. See, we have a spirit man and we are warring against that right here. But God has given us the ability to conquer our flesh. So you tell your neighbor, flaws and all, I am somebody. Flaws and all, I am somebody. Hallelujah. The promises of God are in my life. Flaws and all, I am a woman of God. My God. Flaws and all, Cheryl is a woman of God. My past will never determine my future. My past will never determine who I am with God. Because I am somebody. I am faithful to God first. And I will keep his commandment. I will keep his word. Thank you, Lord God. You see, I am reminded of Noah. Noah was a drunk. Okay? Abraham, he was a liar. Peter could curse from here up to over here. See, all of us have some butts at a record in our toolbox. Now, I want you to imagine the butts that you have hanging over your head that cannot get you closer to God. See, the butts that you have prevents you from reaching where God wants you to reach. You see, you cannot think of your past and focus on God. You see, when you think of your past, you said, thank God I left that joker. Thank God I'm no longer her friend. Thank you, God, I am who I am because you have allowed me to see the past so that it can better my future. See, all of us have a, a, a but. See, the but in your life can destroy you if you want it to. But, 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 I cannot speak. But, 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 God, I cannot articulate my thoughts. So what? So what? There are some words I cannot articulate. Surely you can know that. So what? I know who I am in God. So what? So what if I, am, I cannot walk like her? What if I cannot preach like Pastor E? So what? So what? So all God wants for us is to be sincere and faithful to him. Faithful, faithful, faithful. That's who David was. A man with flaws. A man sometimes we put our nose up and say, you know, are we trying to compare ourselves with David sometimes? We can't compare ourselves with David. Oh, David sinned so I can sin. But do you have a sincere heart of repentance? Do you really sincere in your heart? You must have that sincere heart. So in conclusion, God wants us to be sincere and faithful to him. So for those that are watching, if you're saying that I'm hearing you, but I don't know how to get that butt out of my life, the first thing that you have to do is to repent. That's the first thing. You admit it and you repent. 
And if you are willing, right where you are, I want you to bow your heads with me, close your eyes, and with a sincere heart says, Dear Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, forgive me, and thank you for welcoming me in your kingdom. God, I thank you that all things are passed away. And I am decreeing that all things are passed away and I'm a new creature in you. If you have prayed that prayer, know that angels are rejoicing and we are rejoicing with you. If you are in the congregation and you have prayed that prayer, I am rejoicing with you as well. And if you have prayed that prayer and you're looking online, you can send IOGM tally at gmail.com or you can call us at 850-877-7077. We will send some literature your way and we'll get in contact with you if you desire to. But we'll certainly send out some literature to you where you can hear the word of God. We'll send out some tapes and some booklets for you. Be blessed because God always is with you. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.